0: Right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, The Love and Dating Gurus with Dr. Dan, an industry expert. I'm very excited about this show as it will bring new insight to our many listeners about the dating challenges in the 21st century and the do's and don'ts when seeking your soulmate. Everything you need or want to learn about the how-tos of dating and relationship will be discussed here, how to avoid being into uh, friend zone after the first date, being catfished, Calm or getting scammed, and so much more will be covered in this podcast. Toxic relationship can cause strife, breakup, or divorces, infidelity, trust issues troubled finances can contribute to these challenges. Guests appearing on our show are expert in this industry, sharing their insight about what you can encounter in any stage of dating, getting into relationship, and whatever else comes next. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in relationship, marriage counseling using the EFT method, and post-divorce strategies when transitioning back into single life. I provide individual one-on-one session in both French or English, and also do group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550. And our official website is metalifecoach.online. Today, I'm very excited to have, to have for our 16th episode of season one, a very special guest and relationship expert, Susan Ortolano. And just like my previous podcast, I will leave it out to the guests to properly introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. Susan, the floor is
1: yours great. Thank you for having me, Dr. Dan. I really appreciate it. And I am an intuitive relationship and marriage coach, and I have worked with singles and couples to help singles attract their conscious soulmate and to support couples in saving and transforming their marriages since 2006 and i like to use sort of a combination of a little bit of woo woo a little bit of metaphysical along with traditional techniques and uh, i love appearing on podcasts and doing interviews to get more support out there in the world
0: beautiful Beautiful. And if
1: I did anything in French, I might be shot. So I will not. <laughs> I, I, I do speak Spanish, but French is, is d- didn't do well for me. So
0: <laughs> well, French and Spanish is very similar. So if you notice know, speak
1: French. oh I do, yeah. No, I did take French though, but yeah, know okay. it did not go, go as well. As
0: well. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Susie, for being here and participating. Thanks. Uh, the podcast of The Love and Dating Guru. I know this is a very hot topic because a lot of people now, especially after this pandemic, they just have lost their ability to socialize. The one reason is because obviously they were in isolation for close to 18 months. Um, and those who actually have not been able to communicate with others in the world, their social skills atrophied. So now um, what is the new way of dating? in or the, you know, post pandemic?
1: You know, I think it's interesting because what the pandemic did for dating was to have people take the time to get to know somebody. Certainly it, it sort of forced people to be more online, but people took more time to get to know each other. You know, we live in that, that we want the, the quick- Yes, say, the quick Yeah, instant gratification type of thing. And so people would easily go out and meet somebody, perhaps before they knew they even wanted to meet somebody. And so this really allowed people to get to know somebody so they could really decide, am I willing to go out during a pandemic to meet at a park, to meet for coffee, if a coffee shop was even open? But it really had people take more time to get to know each other. And that has been... Something, even though people are like clamoring to get out right now, if people are taking more time to get to know who they're connecting with, if they're doing online, and even if somebody's setting them up or if they meet somebody, they are taking more time to get to know people. And I think that's been sort of a benefit Mm -hmm. in the dating world. I also know that, you know, unfortunately with isolation, single people really got how single they were. And while people were communicating via Zoom and, and, phone and, and text and, you know, text isn't really the, the best way to verbally communicate, but uh, I do believe people were, you know, they're still communicating, but to be in person now feels so odd.
0: Very much so. Absolutely. You know?
1: So people are just taking a little more time to get to know somebody before they'll even agree to meet. Now, I think that's been something that's been a benefit, really.
0: Well, yeah, I think the tendency now, what we have seen with the dating apps such as Tinder, Bumble, uh, Hinge, whatever else there is out there, I really don't know that much. Um, before, they used to swipe left or right. And then the same day, they met that person on the same night. Yeah. And then some of them ended up with that typical one-night stand or whatever it is. But during the pandemic, no one have had the chance to be able to do that because of the, this virus. So do you think that now they're going to go back to how it was pre-pandemic, which is the instant gratification, or now they really want to get to know the person in a much deeper level.
1: I think there's a both and kind of situation. I think there are some people who are just clamoring to to have that connection, and and you know we know some of the dating sites are more casual hookup dating sites, and some of them are more relationship based. I think the people who are looking for casual hookups will still do so, and they will still go on to those particular sites because they have craved. Yes, you know, physical touch and attention that they haven't gotten. And people who are really relationship minded will take their time, will evaluate a little bit more. And it is still, even though things are opening up as we're speaking right now, there's still a lot of waves going on with the virus. So it's not so much where it was with HIV AIDS, show me your negative test kind of thing, but people are being a little more conscious and careful for the most part.
0: So now everyone who wants to go on a date, do they have to get to show them the vaccine card? Is it the same thing as? A-
1: I think it's really up to, you know, where people are with their own perception of the virus, their own fears, whether they'll require, hey, are you vaccined or are you, you know, did you have a negative COVID test in order for me to even meet you? And some people just don't care. Okay. You know, they're just not. So it's really about where they stand in terms of their their fears about, about their own health or their stand, and I don't want to get too political, but their stand on the whole situation. It's really, that's how they'll go about it. Some people don't care. They're fine. They feel fine. They'll meet somebody. They're happy to do so. And some people are just more cautious. Well, so.
0: Those who are immunocompromised. Yes. Uh, you know, those who actually have, you know, some kind of like, a immune system problem, they will be more cautious because their life depends on it. Yes. Um, but for the other majority of the people that survived the COVID infection, which yeah. is 99.8% or something, um, I think they, they feel that, okay, well, I've gone through it. it so for some, it was not that bad. For others, it was, uh, was deadly. Um, yeah. So now do you think that in this regard, people will be more inclined to kind of, okay, well, let's meet, let's keep our six feet distance and go from there, like walk in the park, not being in an enclosed area where transmission yeah. infection or higher. So do you think people are more likely to do things outdoors?
1: You know, some it depends on where people live. If they're living in the snow right now, they may not. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'm in California, so this is a place where people will definitely do a more outdoor, Activities, But, you know, some places with really bad weather, they're, you know, being outdoors is not great. So they're kind of forced to move back indoors. I think a lot of people are just taking more opportunities to be indoors with people, they miss restaurants, they miss movie theaters, they miss you know, being able to go to places that were locked down for so long. And they're just more more people I think are taking their chances, so to speak. At this point, most people are going to get COVID to one degree or another. And, you know, a lot of people are just fine, you know, going out and about. And again, those who are either very immunocompromised or just in a lot of fear about it will take more precautions. Maybe wear a mask, which is hard when you're dating because yes. you want to. Maybe you've done some Zoom chats so you know what the person looks like and maybe they share the whole let's wear a mask thing. So, but this is now a consideration that people are are taking and it's, it's probably gonna be that way for a little while longer.
0: I will. So yeah. that, that was the, the side of the singles. Now, those who actually were there in a relationship or married. And I've heard some stories where people just started getting together or getting a, a boyfriend, girlfriend. And then when the pandemic hit, they decided to just live together,
1: you know, they just- to live together. And I actually had a client where that happened and it was they had started dating. They'd known each other for years before, but they started dating and he just moved right into her house. Because they ended up just—that's just how it worked out—and then they broke up as things were were kind of opening up again, uh, because they realized in being in such close quarters that they weren't the right fit for each other. So if that had happened to people, they're either gonna go for it or they're gonna really realize that it's just not a fit, and they can't wait to you know not live together anymore. So that is a way to, it's like reality TV kind of situation, right? Where it's like, you know, who's who's in your pod, you know, kind of thing. Um, and that would actually be an interesting show. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's like some people that happened. And then of course we had uh, people who just decided, hey, you know, we're on lockdown. I just don't think I'm going to be able to see you. And they just kind of broke apart.
0: I see. Now, for those who've been married for 10, 15 years, I know that uh, we will start seeing a, a higher rate of divorces, but yeah. surprisingly enough, I read that the divorce rate actually went down. There was a recent article. So it's a bit contradictory because you would think that those who've been together stuck in a house for 24-7, and then they start realizing that, damn, I didn't know that side of the person, and I've been with them for 10 years. So wow. how's the 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 i would say the marriage life dynamic that is happening during the covid and post covid
1: i think some of that is financially motivated where there's so many people who lost their jobs so many people where it's like it's it's just cheaper to stay together or it's financially more you know beneficial for to stay together a little longer a lot of people whatever was swept under the rug came up and they either worked on it and, and work through it, or they realized this was not going to work, but some found that they didn't have the resources to part. Um, I know a lot of people who did get divorced and, or who asked for my support in, in the exit strategy. How do I exit during this particular time? And people were homeschooling their kids and, you know, all kinds of things where it required a different kind of relating Mm-hmm. And it required different energy towards each other and different levels of communication and conflict resolution. And if they didn't have those skill sets, then it became a real mess. And so whether they decide to, the divorce rates always kind of wave, you know, they go up and down and they were coming down in 2019 a little bit. And then they did have an upswing and then they're kind of waving up and down. But I really believe some people did not take that step because of financial concerns and what it would cost them if they did. I mean, divorce, as we know, is a very steep Yes, all, if you will, it's not only a financial cost that can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of a lifetime, but the emotional costs and the logistical costs are huge. So it's a very big decision to make. And some people even being, you know, locked down together for a while may have decided, well, I don't think this marriage is working, or I don't think this is working for us, but oh my gosh, look at the cost of divorce. Let's get help.
0: I it's cheaper to yeah. get out, uh, to actually go through the legal system, and also <laughs> it's possible, uh, Suzanne. And because the court was shut down during the pandemic, no one was uh-huh. able to uh, file or to get the process going. So for that, this is the reason why the divorce rate went down during that period.
1: That's definitely something um, that happened as well, and so we might see an upswing okay. coming as things are are opened up again, where people were just holding out until it felt, until the courts were open, um, until a lot of things were open. And so we might see a little bit of an upswing coming forward as things have been opening up again. And, you know, people, therapists, coaches, it's, it's people have been reaching out for help. And of course, because a lot of us are virtual, it has been, you know, I've always been virtual, but it's been, we'll say, I guess, helpful for our profession, not to, awesome. you know, not to, have a
0: limitation.
1: <laughs> yeah, not to, yeah, we don't have limitation unless people are licensed in a particular area and they can't cross state. I, as a credentialed coach, I can cross state country, all that kind of stuff with my credentialing. And, and uh, I'm very grateful for that, but a lot more people needed help.
0: Yes, absolutely. Is it now because of the mental illness before it was a stigma, but now it's more acceptable. Do you think that more and more people now are realizing that if they could seek out the help that they need, there's more chances for them to be able to heal from whatever toxic relationship they're in or past trauma. So do you think that now it kind of like the pandemic, despite the fact that we have lost a million people during it, um, do you think it reopened kind of another set of way of living for people in terms of like being more open about their illnesses, being more open about, you know, their their challenges and not being worried about being judged. Do you think that has had an impact?
1: I think it's had had some impact. And I, I really appreciate the, we'll say that in the celebrity culture, the celebrities who have come forward to talk about mental illness and some of those challenges, I think, you know, a lot of people, still feel a stigma, but are more willing to get support because they know what's happening in in a relationship dynamic or in their own mind is just not really working well. And it's really impacting so many areas of their life that they will seek help more than they did before. As long as sometimes as long as I think for mental illness therapy is really appropriate, uh, but it depends on insurance. It depends on finances. And I've seen more people go on medication.
0: Oh, you have. Okay. I've seen
1: more people go on medication, interestingly enough, where um, it's not so much that they really have a diagnosis of anything. They just feel bad. And a lot of the energy of what's going on or the dynamic they've had in their relationship has had them feel sad or feel depressed or feel... You know, it's more situational rather than something really diagnostic. And, you know, versus, oh, their serotonin levels were checked. And it's like, yes, they have clinical depression, or they have some, they're borderline, or they have something really out of the DSM versus this just felt bad for me for the last couple of years. Let me just go on some medication for a while. I've seen a lot of that.
0: But those who actually try to approach the the sector holistically, which is to avoid taking medication. Because now people are so quick. Like, for example, I had a, uh, a podcast with uh, a specialist in ADD, uh, mm-hmm. especially in children ADD. And the thing is, is that we have seen that a lot of the school system, the, the everyone is pressuring the parents to put their kids either on Ritalin or Adderall or Adderall. medication to be able to calm them down. But they never really take the time to really diagnose them properly. So do you think that now, even adults, they just don't want to go through the the diagnosis going from one doctor to the other, to the other, to the other. And then they just take the typical, you know, medication to be able to treat an illness that may not be theirs.
1: Yeah. I think that's part of the challenge is that people really mistake what we've been through and decide that there's something fundamentally wrong, but they don't get diagnosed. They just say, I feel bad. And then they get medication. And I would love to see, like you said, a more holistic approach to actually helping people work through issues and trauma. Yes. So to really find out if they have mental illness or not, you know, it is not everybody, I, I had a client who was diagnosed with bipolar, ADHD, CPTSD. Uh, she had the literal diagnoses and not just saying, I feel bad. And so for that, you know, she had a, psych- she had a psychiatrist, she had me and, you know, the the team, approach went very well for her, but there are some people who just like, just give me something to make me feel better. Mm -hmm. And, and feeling bad doesn't mean you've got something really a diagnostic situation. And it's really important. Yeah. You know, again, we also have, you know, for we'll say more middle-aged adults, we have hormone issues. And one of the things when I work with couples, one of the first things I will ask a couple to do is go get a hormone test get their hormone levels checked because I want to know what the real issue is versus something hormone driven. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, men go through a drop in testosterone at a certain point and can start reacting from there or pulling away or having trouble sexually. And women, of course, we go through so many different, you know, issues with the cycle, the perimenopause, the menopause. I want to make sure that the hormones are not responsible for the dynamic or the depression or whatever they're going through. And that's another thing that I think people forget that some things can be hormonally driven where their hormones are fluctuating or their cortisol levels are off. Something medical is happening versus I just feel bad. Give me some Adderall or give me some antidepressants, but I've seen more people get on antidepressants in the past couple of years.
0: And then the thing is, is that at the same time, when you start taking one pill, you have to take another pill to counter the side effects. Side effects. And then it it goes into another cycle and then they never end. And then the the worst is the impact on the liver because the liver has to process all this medication. So you constantly hit it and you end up with cirrhosis and and I mean, it never ends. So it's it's really sad because I feel that with psychotherapy and other kind of like uh, uh, therapy that people can actually utilize, they could actually get better just by talking, by expressing themselves, by sharing what their concerns is or are. They could actually find a way to be able to solve many of the problems that they just run to medication because it's an easy fix and that's yes. a problem. Um, but in your, in your career, Suzanne, um, what are the most common, this is mostly for our listeners, what is yeah. the Common problem that you face among all your your clients. I mean, something that is more redundant, more repetitive. So we could give a tip to our listeners to tell them: yeah. face this. This is because of
1: that. Mind stories. Okay. Limiting beliefs, and that becomes sort of the the underpinning of so many challenges. For singles, it's like, the, I'm not good enough, or there are no good people out there, or I'm never going to meet anybody. And then they just hold back, they crawl into a you know hole or whatever, um, or they do something that is sort of lashing out. With couples, if I'm not good enough as married, to I'm not important enough, then you're going to have a lot of conflict. That's so for me, when I work with couples, I see those stories, I see those limiting beliefs. And one of the things that helps so much is to help release them. And when it's released, you know, obviously we're never gonna get rid of all of it, but when we reduce it, we suddenly get more present to joy, to more of the authentic self. And if authentic self is in relationship with authentic self, it just goes a whole lot better.
0: And how long usually, if someone goes through like a post traumatic post traumatic experiences, or let's say a past relationship that dealt with narcissistic personality uh, behaviors, um, they they confronted something that is really close to impossible to fix when you deal with a covert narcissistic. So how do you give them the courage to be able mm-hmm. to say, look, this is this was an isolated incident. There's still people out there that are just basically normal. How do yep. encourage them to be able to look over their past experiences?
1: Well, generally, and I think the good news on that is that generally this was not the first time they felt the way they felt around that person. And so whatever my philosophy is, however we respond to to an issue is the issue. So sometimes it's not the narcissistic type person they were in relationship with, it's the story, the belief, the emotions that came up as a result. And those can be worked through. Those can be healed. Those can be cleared out. And a lot of people will say that they have the same feeling when they were young, or they had a parent who said X and they felt the very same way. So it tends to be a running pattern. And I hate to say that because it doesn't make anybody good, bad, or wrong. It just means these are the lessons that they're here to learn. This is where the growth is. And we want to dig into the growth Rather than me listening to oh my god, this horrible person that I was with who has done it. It's sort of like that we get that. What we want to do is work with where the story is around it. Like, how do you now feel about yourself? Where's the trauma for you in the situation? What's happening in your body as a result? How has this been impacting? We can work through those things. And so that then breaks the pattern of the attraction of somebody who will treat them that particular way.
0: Interesting. And now do you feel that more and more people, because the, the dating scene has become extremely challenging uh, for a lot of people out there. And now um, most women, they feel that if they don't catch the guy or now I say cash, which means like um, make them go with them, they will lose him for another woman. So they have to basically offer themselves quicker, uh, you know, in an intimate way, but you yeah. see all this is kind of like, well, either way, this guy's gonna be bouncing around from one woman to the other, so you're always gonna lose that uh, battle. So yeah. is there a way for to make the, the woman more enticing?
1: Well, the woman is most enticing when she feels great about herself. A woman who carries herself and has her internal landscape to a place where she feels confident, she feels sexy, she feels great about who she is, is going to be more attractive than somebody who may look a particular way. You know, people were attracted to energy as as you know, often, yes, people are attracted to a look, but we know looks change. So I always tell people, look, you may want a man who has six pack abs, but that's gonna be a keg in about 20 years. (laughs) You know, he's gonna have a little pooch at some point. So you're gonna have to love, you know, we want that chemistry and the attraction, but the attraction is very more energetic and attracted to the, the essence of somebody And when you work on your own essence, and if you're walking around, like, I feel bad about myself, I suck, I'm not good. Like, that's not attractive energy. That's correct. So it's like, it's really up leveling who you are internally. That's going to have you really be attractive or have that beacon of attraction really be out there to bring in the right guy because no, anybody has to chase anybody. That's so true. There, is, there are so many, you know, it's like one doesn't work out next,
0: yes, exactly.
1: you know, and it's like, you probably dodged a bullet by not being with that person anyway. And I know it's hard when, when people get into, you know, at a certain age stage and they're like, I haven't met my person. Where is my person? And they just say, I want my person already. I said, you want the right person. Sure. You can settle for somebody if you want to, but you're not going to have the joy that you really wanted to in relationship. So for me, it's an energy game. It's a vibration game. It's a frequency game.
0: And they say like uh, in, in the laws of attraction and the secret from Rhonda Byrne, I hear yeah. that we're like energy towers. Or, yeah. or you know. And the thing is, is that we emit certain energy that will attract some people and that will basically other people will see you as a threat. Exactly. Yeah. Get away from us. And yeah. that, that people have to kind of not change their... Uh, their transmission power kind of energy just to be able to abide for someone else. They have to just live their life. If someone likes it, great. If someone doesn't like it, who cares?
1: Yeah, and they may not be a fit. You know, we're looking for alignment with somebody. We're looking for somebody who is, you know, who's super aligned with us, who shares those interests and those values. But if somebody is not being authentic about what they like, then they're going to end up down the road going, oh, by the way, I really like to camp. And the other person's like, you never told me that 10 years ago when we met, or they're going to find some incompatibility when somebody finally decides they can be their authentic self because they had accommodated somebody for too long. So for me, it's about being authentic. It's about working on your internal stories, pain, traumas, so that you can be the best, most, most authentic version of who you really are. And that's what's going to attract the right person.
0: And also in relationship, people have to always remember that you don't need to like everything that the other person likes. No,
1: gosh, no. Let
0: them do their thing, do your own thing. You also can live, um, not separately, but I would say do your own thing, let them them do their own thing. And then you you come together and do things together.
1: You do your things together. I think it's so important that everybody have their own things that they do. And, you know, the whole joke about the man cave, I was (laughs) flipping through TikTok and there's some comedian It was so funny said, you know, women really invented the man cave so that they could throw everything they don't like in the house in one room along with their husband (laughs) and then they get the control of the rest of the house. But seriously, everybody does need downtime. Yes. And so when when you know the whole joke about the man cave when when a man needs downtime Ladies, get on Amazon. No, I'm kidding. Go shopping. Go do something for yourself. Go do something for yourself. Take your time because your time is is just as important. And the hardest part is when one person needs the downtime and the other one wants the together time. And it's just a negotiation. There's nothing personal about it when you have a healthy relationship. It's just, we all need that time to kind of fill our cup back up. Yes, absolutely. And so, yeah, we all want to have our own things that we're into. And yes, we want to have enough interest that we share with a partner so that we can have some really fun things to do together.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I'm very happy that uh, you mentioned this because when my wife goes and do her own thing, I'm so happy, you know, like, go ahead, go meet friends. Go, and uh-huh. I go do my own like uh, crazy things such as uh, race car driving and uh, that I love doing, like go karts and all. So I do my thing. I love paintball. She hates it. I do my own thing. That's how, you know, and then we get together and we do things together. So that's the most magical thing. So, now for a concluding word, what would you advise our listeners when it comes to getting back into the dating scene?
1: I would say, you know, it's like if you're sick, you go to a doctor. If you want to lose weight, you may hire a trainer so that you can have a better outcome. I would say work with a relationship expert because you're going to get more accelerated results. You're going to be able to know exactly what you need to work on for you so you can be the best version to attract the right person. So I'm all about, you know, getting the support you need. No need to be embarrassed to say, gosh, I had to hire a coach or a therapist. Therapists don't necessarily give dating strategies if they're not a relationship expert, but find somebody who's a relationship expert so that you give yourself the best chance possible.
0: And how can they find you?
1: <laughs> they can go to susanortolano.com, take a look at my site. They can book what I call a discovery call. And that's where we talk and see if we're a fit to work together.
0: Beautiful. And yeah. on Instagram or Facebook, do you have any? Yeah,
1: Susan Ortolano, just I'm there. They have Instagram, Facebook, and that's pretty much the two places I like to be in terms of where people can find me.
0: Beautiful. Well, Susan, that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule to join us and share your extensive knowledge in the field of dating and relationship. The many recommendations you share to our loyal listeners will help them better navigate through these choppy waters. Now, we hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode. I'm very excited about the many upcoming industry experts that we have scheduled for season one of the Love and Dating Guru of the Dr. Dan podcast filled with very valuable tips and advice, just like the, you, like the one that you listen to today. My name is Dr. Dan Amzelek, and you may all stay safe, sane, and smart when searching for that special someone. Stay tuned for our next episode.